we can to see Bobby at Grindstone, and then you, um, I don't, well, like, what would you call, you didn't open. I mean, you technically opened because you were before, but you weren't the first <laughs> act, were you? Um, I think uh, what they call it there is like the special guest spot. So they kind of give that to my understanding to like newer comedians that are sort of like rising up in the scene and are kind of trying to grind and uh, work on their material and, and, you know, just improve in general and kind of get their name out there a little bit more. So uh, while I'm technically not the opener, I think that it's like the host and then the special guest and the special guest just gets kind of like a little five minute spot um and then there's the opener and then the headliner well i uh i like i don't know why but i really as soon as you started performing i really like not related but like it resonated with me like i really enjoyed it (laughs) and it it just made me feel like you know there was this whole like subculture of, of comedians that were like doing I don't I can't even really put it in words I just really respected that there's a whole bunch of you like striving for something more and it just felt yeah. like I was like watching like this kind of like close-knit family of people all yeah. like, lift lift each other up and and the one thing I noticed That's and so like, I, I was trying to think about to say this because I I don't mean any events by it at all but it just seemed like you guys like deserved a much bigger crowd <laughs> than was there and I'm like my question is is it always like like are the crowds always less than you guys deserve Oh, that's, that's such a lovely way of, of putting it. Um, you know, and I really like that question because it's honestly so it's such a spectrum of, uh, like what the crowds are like and not only like the numbers, but I would say maybe like the quality of the crowds, like how reactive they are to what you're saying and how much attention they're paying to you and the reasons that they're there. Uh, like, you know, a crowd at the comic strip is going to be probably a little bit more fun um, from the stage than a crowd at like a bar where the people that are there are there for the bar and they don't even know there's a comedy show that's going to be going on and they're like why is this girl yelling at me <laughs> like, um, but it like it really depends on like so many factors I mean it depends on the venue it depends on the day of the week uh, grindstone I think is is great because even though it can be a smaller crowd, they're there like for the comedy. So they're still going to be giving you like very solid reactions, even if it is a little bit smaller. And um, then there'll be shows where you don't expect anyone to show up and there'll be like 50 people there. And you're kind of like, whoa, you know, like this is, it's, it's sort of like a, a bonus. Um, But it's, it's not something that like the crowd numbers and and how they're going to react to you. It's really not something you can, ever anticipate beyond knowing like what the venue is because people are just so diverse in in you know how they approach a show and and what they're going to be like and stuff like that but I would I would say like in terms of numbers and how many people are actually showing up to shows uh it's 
Is it usually low? I think it's it's usually low at the sorts of shows that I'm doing or like maybe a newer comic would be doing. Um, and I think that sometimes that's honestly just due to like the size of the venue. Um, you know, like even even a, a show like Underdog, which is like one of uh, like the more established shows and it's a great show and it's really fun. And the audience is always like, amazing to, to interact with and, and they react to you very well and uh, they're really there for the comedy. Um, it's still like a small room, right? So even if it's packed, you're not really looking at like a massive crowd. Um, so, and especially because like it, it is hard to kind of like promote comedy shows and uh, you know, that show that I was lucky enough to meet you and, uh, and Bobby performed on that, you know, it's a Friday night. Uh, I think it's kind of hard to to get people out to like a little comedy show on a Friday night when there's, you know, the kind of more typical things that people do on those days. So it kind of depends on like all those confounding variables, like the day of the week, the size of the venue, why the reason people are in that venue, um, where it is, stuff like that. So I don't know, I, I guess in like to answer your question a little more, like uh, in summary, are the crowds always what you, what you want them to be? No. Um, but do you just got to kind of like go out there and do the absolute best you can, it, whether it's a crowd of like 50 or a crowd of two? Yeah. <laughs> and you kind of get used to the, the diversity in numbers also. Well, it's good to know that I can go like either way. I was, I, I, again, like cancer has enough that I, I don't mean that in any offensive way. I just felt no, like, not at all. Like the, these people are funny and there should be <laughs> like, I had so much fun at that, that night. And I, I'm not like a, a huge hater, but I don't always have like a <laughs> lot of fun at, at bars and stuff. But yeah. That I really enjoyed it. And it really, they gave me the idea that like all of these people probably have like really interesting stories to tell. And I yeah. <laughs> like when I, I mean, this, this whole podcast is, is quite recent, but Bobby was one of the first guests. He was the only comedian I've talked to yeah. prior to you. And, and I was the most excited for his like just be able <laughs> yeah. to talk to someone who does comedy like somewhat professionally just because yeah I mean, that it, it's like a unique thing yeah it really is um and I mean it's that's so funny you said that because like people when I tell them that I'm doing it people get so excited they're like oh my gosh you do that that's so cool and I think maybe it's like one of those things that a lot of people really like because like who doesn't like laughing and, and yeah. feeling happy and right and and it's also I think something that a lot of people kind of would like to try but it's it's like a terrifying thing to stand up and be like hey I think I'm funny do you <laughs> yeah um, so I think that that's like part of the the excitement that plays into it is that you're kind of like living out this fantasy that maybe a lot of people have or, or want to explore, but they're just like maybe a little bit too nervous to, or, um, or, or 
for whatever reason, they they just like aren't wanting to do it at the, at the same level as you, but you know, they get to see someone that is doing it. And that can be really, really exciting because, you know, it's sort of like that, oh, like if she can do it, like maybe I can too. So I, and I really like it when people come up to me and are like, how would you say I should get into this? And I mean, I'm a baby comic. I've been doing it for less than a year. Um, and I'm still kind of like working out the kinks in, in my own performances. But uh, I really like when other people come up and ask that because I, I love the idea of someone wanting to do something and then, you know, seeing me or, or the other comics doing it and having that be like the kick they needed to kind of be like, oh, maybe I can do it too, right? And what you said earlier about it being like, you know, a very like kind of tight knit community is so spot on. Like I have felt like so encouraged and so supported by every single person that I've interacted with since starting it. And it seems like there's so little competition and so much more encouragement and you know the people that have been doing it for longer they really just want the, the people that are kind of just starting out to be getting these opportunities and getting their name out there and making and like enriching the scene and and doing really well so it's it's such a lovely group of people to to have like met and like I'm lucky enough to be like friends with like quite a few of them and you know it's yeah it, it's just it's such a like a lovely and welcoming scene, I would say. So that's been really, really nice too. Were you, were you friends with anyone in the comedy scene before you like did it yourself? No, <laughs> not, no, not at all. So I, uh... <laughs> what, what like made you like, what sparked your interest in this? Um, <laughs> at the risk of sounding a bit braggadocious I've kind of always thought that I was like a, a pretty funny person you know yeah. um I'm I'm very extroverted I'm like very comfortable being you know in front of strangers and you know kind of like class clown vibes since I was in like high school and uh you know it's just something that I was like this seems to be an area that my personality was made for you know and I've you know I've, I've always liked doing things like performing uh you know like talent shows just like anytime I could sort of be on a stage or um you know I, I love being at parties and stuff and being the one that's kind of like the life of the party kind of girl right like making yeah. sure that like because I, I mean I can I can talk for like 84 years and never stop and and I uh <laughs> so it kind of like I liked that I could sort of like take the pressure off of people that were maybe like a little uncomfortable in group situations. And it's, it was just kind of something that I wanted to do for years. Like since I was maybe like 15, 16 years old, I've been like, I should try this, you know? And, and I kept, you know, I'd look up the open mics in Edmonton and then I would sort of chicken out. And, you know, of course, whenever you want to start something new, there's going to be people that kind of try and like shoot your ambition in the face right like yeah um and that's that can be kind of hard to deal with because even though like I think I'm funny you know I would tell certain people and they would say you know Alia when people don't laugh it's going to be really rough <laughs> I was like oh great that's that's really really encouraging and you know that those sort of comments like stick in your brain a little bit and makes you doubt yourself and um I think what kind of got me to the point that I was like, Hey, I'm just going to go and do this 
was that, I mean, A, I just have a very impulsive personality. So when I decide to do something, it's usually like an hour before I'm going to do it. Um, but we were going into a lockdown or something, I believe. And, uh, or there something was going on where I wouldn't be able to do it if I waited a week. Cause I was, I was going to go to the grindstone open mic and, uh, then I was kind of like, oh, I'll, I'll just procrastinate it until next week. And I found something out where I wouldn't have been able to. So I was like, okay, like it's now or never bitch, like just go. So I just kind of like went and, and did it. And it was like this sort of like impulsive decision where I was like, if you don't do this, like today, you're going to spend like another three weeks or something like talking yourself out of it. Uh, and then you're never going to do it. And another 15 years are going to go by. And you're like, don't you wish you'd started when you first had this idea when you were 16, like imagine where you'd be. So I think that there wasn't any really huge moment. It was just sort of like a little, like now or never let's do it. Let's sign up. Like let's go before you can back out kind of moment. And I mean, I've, I I have, endless notes in like notebooks and on my phone and on my computer of like little bits that I always thought were really funny. And so it was, uh, it was really cool to actually be able to do it. And, you know, I thought it was going to be something I would do once and cross off the bucket list and be like, well, at least I can say I did it no matter how it went. At least I can say I did it. And uh, to like, be lucky enough to kind of been like semi successful in it is, uh, it's like a huge privilege to be able to do it because it's very fun. And uh, it's definitely something that makes me super, super happy. Um, and the unexpectedness of like where it's ended up sort of has just been like such a treat in my life, you know? Yeah. So like, it sounds like I probably know the answer to this, but if you you were saying you felt like you maybe had it in you, were there other things that you had also considered and then chose comedy? Like, were you thinking about music or acting or improv, like any other of those arts that are similar? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I I've I mean I, I've been into music forever. I played uh like at a grade four level trumpet in like junior high and like high school band for a little bit and uh, I I took piano lessons and I play like very mediocre but enthusiastic guitar <laughs> and um I I loved I always loved performing I loved acting like you know drama and, and that kind of thing and those are also definitely sort of things that I looked into um like guitar, especially because I mean, I'm, I'm not very good, but I do like it. And I really like singing. Um, I actually tried out for Canadian Idol twice. <laughs> what a time. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, there, there's like been other areas of performing arts. I always thought improv would be really, really fun. Um, and I've sort of looked into it. And, you know, there's so much information out there that when you kind of start looking into stuff like that, I, I would find myself getting like maybe a bit overwhelmed and not really knowing exactly what path to take. Um, so I would just sort of like abandon it. And uh, I mean, I'm, I've been a full-time student since I was 19, 20 years old as well. And that's kind of always like been the priority in my life. So I think that maybe like what 
got me more into stand up and like wanting to pursue that with like a little bit more gusto than the other things was that a I thought that it was something that I could really excel in um and b it was just a, it was just a very easy thing to get into you know you you just go to an open mic you put your name down and you know you you get to just go up and, and try and make strangers think you're silly and <laughs> uh it's a lot easier than you know taking like acting classes and and trying to like figure out how to get into like auditions and or you know things like that and you know with music for instance it's it's such a developed skill um and like while I'm fine I'm not amazing but with stand up even though it is also definitely a skill and it's a muscle that you have to grow and work and whatever uh I thought I kind of had maybe a little bit more of a foundation for it um because I mean the what what learning like a chord is on guitar is just my personality <laughs> like I already right. like have that like goofy goofy girl personality where I thought that I could do well in it as I was you know do you uh, have any of the jokes from your first set do you have them in your rotation still yeah or? yeah some of them yeah um my first ever set I I mean when surprisingly well like it was so funny because my friends my beautiful lovely amazing friends who I'm deeply obsessed with and who are so supportive of me um and they came to my first show obviously and I remember we went out after and we were talking and a couple of them were like I'm so glad you did well I was honestly a little worried um so that was like that was really nice but uh that it actually went like well, but I never, I never really like went back to those, to those bits for like a really long time. Um, because I just, like I mentioned, I had so many, like, this is like a list of 15 years worth of like curating silly thoughts that I've had. Right. So, um, it was actually only about two weeks ago that I kind of went back and I was watching the video of my first ever set and I was like, these are, this is like actually pretty solid. Like, I wonder now at, as I've like performed a lot more obviously than I did at that very first set, if I could sort of take that premise and do something a little bit better with it. Um, so yeah, I like, I pulled like a couple of bits out of that, that first set and, uh, did it at underdog and it went very, very, very well. So it's, um, it's nice too, because it's sort of like, even if you've already done something, um, and it went fine, the more you like grow and the more you flex that comedy muscle and like learn about like timing and like little mechanisms and stuff like that, you can take like a really solid bit and make it so much better because you've gotten so much better. <laughs> yeah. I, I, a lot of people tell me that they don't prefer performing to their friends that they feel like friends kind of judge them on a different level. And like me personally, I get like, I mean, thankfully I'll probably never have to, but I, I would probably feel comfortable performing or like giving a public talk to like a thousand strangers. Then I would feel <laughs> talking to like 10 friends. Make it apart differently. How do you feel about that? Uh, I think that's so funny you said that. Um, because 
there was like sort of like a running joke amongst a lot of the comedians um for like a really long time and even still sometimes now where I would bring such huge crowds of friends that um they there was no way that they couldn't comment on it so I would go to shows and they would be like hey like um you know well I hope you guys are enjoying the show I know you guys are all here for Alia or would they be introducing me like here's like (laughs) here's most of the reason that you guys are here Alia like uh and so I never I honestly never even really like thought about it um I think that the way that I approached it was my friends are really really important to me and this was something that I knew that was going to be really important to me so I kind of wanted them there like not only for the moral support but so they could kind of like see me doing something that um that made me feel like I was like really in my element and you know my friends are my friends are also like funny and they're so supportive and they have such a great sense of humor that I thought if anything they could just like kind of make the audience better like not just for me but like for everybody um and so I and then you know I did hear like from a few comics that you know there's a lot of people that are like oh I never told anyone that I was starting to do comedy I didn't start inviting people until I was like two to three years into it or at least a year into it um because I didn't want you know like my closest like contacts and friends and family to watch me suck but I think maybe, maybe the reason that I'm comfortable with that is, uh, I just don't, I I've never like really cared, like what people think about me very much. And I think that that can be a character flaw, but it can also be like sort of a superpower on some levels. And I just, I just like wanted them to, to like, kind of watch me try, I guess. And I think if you're going to get into standup, you also have to be very comfortable with the knowledge that you won't always crush and that's fine and um I I, I just maybe have like so much confidence and in, in my friends like love and support of me that I didn't I knew that even if I didn't crush they still hopefully <laughs> like viewed me the same and and still think I was funny and know me well enough to know that if I have like a bad show or whatever that's not a proper representation of who I am as like a person and a comic um so yeah it just it's so funny that so many people said that to me and it was just like such a thing to comment on because it was never even a second thought for me I I want I wanted them around me uh all the time for all of my shows yeah and I I feel that's like vulnerable but also like truly authentic because now that you've performed like so many times, you know, like you've got your footing a bit, but your first show, you had no idea how it was going to go. So you were comfortable with them being there and they were going to watch either a success or a failure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I mean, even, even now uh, the way that I kind of approach a show is I've always done very well, like in, in like, large groups and whatever, because I can, I can like banter and I can talk. And, and I, I found that my comedy is like my comedy. If I can, if I can use that term as a very new comic, uh, it's very like conversational. And I try and just kind of make it seem like I'm 
you know, just like some funny girl at a party that you ran into and is just like kind of shooting the shit with you. And so like when I'm on stage, I almost, whether it's like consciously or subconsciously, maybe walking the line between the two, I almost pretend that I'm just having a conversation with like my buddies. And that I think that creates like a lot of like comfort and a lot of ease for me on stage. And then that translates to something that comes across as I think confidence. And um, if like someone's on stage and they're confident, they're going to be a lot more um, engaging to to interact with in terms of like a performer and an audience relationship than someone that's like, say, very, very nervous. Um, and so for me, like pretending sort of that I'm just having like a conversation with like buddies, it really helps like bring that confidence like up to the forefront. Is uh, like relationship between comedian and audience, is that like more important now than ever? I I mean, I'm I'm a complete novice. Like most of what I know about comedy is from like Netflix and YouTube. <laughs> but I see a lot of comedians that I like keep up with. They do a lot more like crowd play these mm-hmm. days. And, and yeah. some people are not good at it. And some people, it's so funny. <laughs> like, is, is that something like the, like, I don't want to, categorize all comedians but i will for this is that something you guys like focus on and like try to do more of um i yeah i think that that uh it's definitely like a measure of skill like um crowd work is like one of those things where if you can like say i'm really good at crowd work or like this this comedian or that comedian is really good at crowd work it's certainly i think like like and this is just my opinion but it seems to be that that sort is like a sort of like measuring stick for how talented a comedian is. Um, and I mean, that becomes like very clear when you start like watching the, the people that are doing it like professionally or semi-professionally, uh, they, they engage with the crowd like quite a bit and they're very witty. And I think that that speaks like not only to like how funny they are at a baseline, but that wit and that ability to like come up with like little comments on the spot that shows like that not only are you good at writing jokes but you're just like you have like a fluid humor that you can kind of like come up with things like very quickly uh and it's not just you know these very well established jokes that you know work that you've workshopped and that you've like picked apart and put back together like a million times uh and like obviously those jokes are going to be really solid and you know every every comedian has their like set of five five uh minutes that's really good set of 10 set of 15 um like all the way up to you know an hour to three hours for for the professional people but uh yeah I think that if you can be like witty on the spot like that, it's definitely um, a very admired skill like in, in the scene and just in general, I would say too. Uh, you know, people people always like talking about people that have quick wit, uh, you know, that's, I think that's sort of like a universally loved trait. But um, in terms of, in terms of like me as a new comic, um, I definitely like try very hard to do like, even if it's not necessarily what you'd call crowd work um, to definitely like keep the audience, like sort of involved in what you're, in what you're saying, you know, like if I have a bit about, 
I don't know, karaoke, let's say, which I do. <laughs> um, and like, I won't necessarily like be interacting with the audience members that much, but just to keep them involved, I'll be like, who here does karaoke? And then people will go, woo. And then they sort of feel like they're involved in the, in the show a little bit more. And I right. think that can help with engagement. So I, I mean, I, I've definitely come off of shows and texted like my, my comic friends and been like, you'd be so proud of me. I did so much crowd work tonight. And they're like, Oh, good for you. And that's, uh, that's really something that <clears throat> it seems to me is like a measure of how you're progressing and your comfortability on stage and stuff like that. But yeah, I would, I would say like in general and um, just from what I've seen, it can be really important for how far you go. If you can, if you can do like really solid crowd play. Um, and that's, I mean, that ends up being like what a lot of comedians uh, like on Instagram, like put on uh, as their reels and stuff, they won't use their like established jokes and they won't use like their, their bits that they're kind of uh, using like at shows regularly, they'll post videos and stuff of their crowd work because yeah. it, it really shows that wit. That's so funny. I was actually, that was my next question. It, it was the double-edged sword at all because I feel people that's what I see the most on reels and TikTok is like mm-hmm. clipified crowd work. Yeah. And and it like it's good. Like I'm not saying it's bad, but I wonder if there's uh people who are kind of like looked down on kind of in the comedy community because maybe they aren't that great of a comic, but they've mm-hmm. had a couple good like crowd interactions that they just like keep posting on tiktok and um yeah i don't i mean honestly i have no idea uh it's certainly not like a phenomenon that i've heard about that if you're only posting crowd work it's like not great practice um i think like probably the the best part about posting crowd work is that if people are finding you on social media and all that they know about you is these like, uh, like you called it clipified crowd work little things, then all of your jokes are going to be like fresh to them. Um, and like, even sometimes I get a, a little bit anxious about posting like a joke that landed really well and got a huge laugh because if someone finds me on social media and then they come to a show and they hear me do that joke, I always worry a little bit about it being, um, sort of like redundant and like not getting like as big a laugh as it would have had they heard it for the first time ever yeah. right yeah no that that makes total sense and now that I'm thinking about it I would I mean personally I would love to find a comedian on social media kind of like fall in love with their like wit and crowd work and then go see them live yeah and have the entire show be like the first time I'm hearing that so yeah yeah that's that's a good way to look at it is that like something you personally have like thought of going forward like would you absolutely as as you like perform more and maybe amass more like crowd work clips would you lean into like posting more of that and then keeping your jokes like to an in-person experience yeah I I really think I would and I mean that's it's crowd work can be a little bit scary because or maybe like scary is not not the right word but um like intimidating because if you're taking that step it's sort of like you're stepping off the stage and 
into the audience and, uh, you know, it's like throwing yourself to the wolves a little bit. Like when you're on the stage, there's almost like this, you know, like wall or barrier or something, um, like proverbial barrier between you and the audience where you're sort of like safe, um, even no matter how they're reacting to you, you know, but like, once you start interacting with the crowd, you're kind of like committed to like, all right, this conversation, like better be witty, you know, um, and, and bantery and like, and, and fun. Uh, even if, I don't know, even if the person that you're doing crowd work with isn't having fun, if they're like being a dick or something, but, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that if I were to have more, you know, sort of like ad libby stuff, um, that I was lucky enough to like catch on video, uh, that's, like for sure something that I would be wanting to post more and uh even like recently like some of the reels that I've posted um they'll be like there'll be maybe one of my jokes in there and then there'll be me kind of like ad-libbing uh or just like being goofy or adding little like extra bits to my joke that I wasn't planning on but they just pop into my head on stage and I like those sorts of videos um for exactly the reasons that that we just talked about uh because it keeps my other jokes that I do more regularly, like sort of fresher. Um, yeah. So that people get to have that like first, firsthand experience of hearing it for the first time. Uh, and you know, then they're like, and then also I think it makes it, it seem to like, you're not doing like the same jokes over and over again, which like, if you are like, that's obviously every comic does that, you know? Um, and that's, exactly how it works but you don't want to seem i guess like you're doing it yeah uh, like the same joke over and over again it, do you uh you have every time you perform do you have someone filming it like just so you can review game tape yeah yeah <laughs> i love that um yeah yeah usually i do uh, i guess that's one of the perks of having your friends in the audience is that my friends always uh, they always take me and they're wonderful and they do a great job. Um, and sometimes if I'm, if I go to a show and, you know, like I, I kind of get like swept up in it and sometimes I'll forget, like there was maybe like 10 shows in a row that I did and I completely gap taping it like every single time. And then I would be so mad at myself cause they would go really well. And, and I would feel like that was sort of like missed opportunities for clips, but, um, I would say like, if I remember and my ADHD just doesn't, kind of <laughs> screw me over then yeah I really do like to to record them um not only because then you get like the experience like from the audience's perspective because that's like where the camera is um and you get to kind of like hear how they reacted because it can sound very different like from the stage versus from the audience like I've come off this a stage and been like that was a terrible show like I completely bombed and my friends are like no you didn't like what are you talking about people are reacting like very very well to it and um you know then I watched the tape and it's like shocking how how like solid the reactions were but you just can't hear it from the stage so I yeah I think that there's a lot of benefits of of recording your sets like especially when you're new and you're learning and you're kind of like trying to shape who you are as a comedian you uh I think before we were recording you said you've done like upwards of 50 sets is that like that can't be normal for a year in the game right that (laughs) seems like you're doing more than the average like comedian is that right 
Uh, I, I honestly, you know what? I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I guess, think- yeah. Like I didn't, I don't mean it as a conversation to like say you're excelling more. I just mean no, yeah, yeah. 50 <laughs> seems like to do anything 50 times in a year, almost anything that's, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, you know what, honestly, I think it's, it's just all about like showing up. Um, and, uh, like, I don't necessarily think that uh, it's, it's because I'm like better or, or like super crazy good or anything like that. I mean, hopefully other people think I am, but, (laughs) um, I, I think that it's more just, you know, like, it's kind of like an asking you shall receive situation. Like if you're showing up to, to the shows and, and you're trying to get those like draw spots and you're reaching out to people and asking to be on, on their shows when they have a, when they have an open spot and kind of like, like networking, I guess you would call it and, and really getting your name out there. Um, not only are you going to improve as a comedian, uh, because, it like anything else, it is a muscle that you have to flex and work on, but, uh, you're also showing the other people in the scene that like, you're willing to like work hard to improve and that, um, and that you're open to, you know, like different, different sorts of, of gigs, you know, like you're open to maybe like a a Sunday night as opposed to just a, a Friday night gig and, and, and things like that. And when people start seeing you doing that, um, I think that it's a lot of like about rewarding, like hard work and, uh, and you know, if you're, if you're wanting to do well at anything, you have to like put that, the hours in and, and like hustle and, and, you know, try really hard to, to like get the, the practice in that's going to like, you know, show up in the game. Right. So I, I would say like, yeah, I, I've definitely done a lot of shows. Uh, and I don't, I, I guess that, yeah, like that, that is quite a bit, but, um, I think it's just solely because I'm trying really hard to prioritize it in my life and make time for it and show up at every opportunity that I'm that I'm given. Do you do you see yourself like losing steam in the future? Like are you <laughs> trying to keep up like 50 a year? Uh yeah, honestly, I do worry about that sometimes because I'm like this is going really well, you know, and like sometimes it almost feels like too good to be true sort of situation. Um, so I, I worry about it. I would love to not only like keep this like level and like the time that I'm spending doing it, I would, I would love to do more. Um, I, I really, really like it. And it's, it's very fun and, you know, it, it's, it's time consuming, but if you're spending your time, doing something that makes you happy and that you're like passionate about and that you think like could maybe take you places. It's a great way to consume that time. Right. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that I keep getting like these, these really amazing opportunities to, to do spots and, uh, you know, hopefully like go to different locations. Like I'm going to uh, grand Prairie in December and, um, look home in January. And that's really exciting, which is so, I love, I love telling people that. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm like going on the road, blah, blah, blah. And my friends are like, you're going on the road to where? And I think they're expecting me to say like Los Angeles or something. And I'm like, GP, like <laughs> it's going to be wild. <laughs> but like, but, um, every, yeah, still- every, every, like 
I assume every show that isn't here is just kind of a stepping stone. Like Grand Prairie yeah. is a catalyst to getting to Los Angeles. Yeah, maybe. And I, I mean, it, it's also great because it, you're going to be dealing with like a lot of different crowds and different demographics. Like um, even even like in shows in Edmonton, there you know, there's like a certain amount of uh like demographics that you're that you're going to interact with right like I you know a show that's very like progressive and and like a safe space show or a censored show or something like that um is going to be very different than you know like one that's maybe at like a place that a different kind of person goes like I, for lack of a better explanation so I think it, it really helps you like grow to to be performing for um like different sorts of audiences as well uh and if you're performing for different sorts of audiences then you you really know if you're doing well or not um because if you can find a joke that works for like every demographic instead of like just one. And like some of those jokes are fine. If you find a joke that lands very, very well with, um, you know, like a, a certain, at a, a crowd at a certain bar, like that's cool. Like use that joke, that's all good. But if you can find like a bit that works across every single venue that you're at and every single sort of crowd, um, that's how you know that's a really, really solid joke that you're gonna wanna like keep in your repertoire, right? So it's, yeah, I guess like Grand Prairie doesn't sound like super, exciting when you just say it's Grand Prairie but just the fact that it's like another place is uh exciting in itself regardless of where exactly it is right uh, when I was a bit younger someone gave me this great advice that like the way to kind of excel at something or even just not to get burnt out on something is to remain a fan of that yeah. and it, it like it sounds like you're a, a huge like not only a contributor but a fan of comedy yes I sure am I love stand-up and I, like, I and and like anything comedic really like sketch shows movies um improv anything I'm uh yeah I'm like a goofy person and I like watching other goofy shit. <laughs> yeah, I was I was gonna ask you about watching because you you must be learning a lot about like refining and polishing your set. Yeah, at these fifty performances, <laughs> but you're also probably learning a lot from watching all like all the other performers. Like if you're Absolutely. watching two or three other people, that's like a hundred and fifty sets yeah. you've been able to absorb and like learn from mm -hmm. what they're doing as well oh yeah for sure and I I mean you you like hit the nail on the head earlier um I I think it was before we started recording when you said there was like such such like a deep well of like these people that are like very dedicated to what they're doing and that's I think like just being integrated into this like into that pool with all these people that are super talented and they're like really passionate about it too. And they're working really hard at it, um, has helped me a lot. Like it's such a privilege to be able to be performing on shows with so many of these comics, um, because they're so good. And uh, you know, it's, it, it's sort of like, it makes me feel like a rock star by association. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, if I'm on a show with like, you know, all these different individuals like individual abc like 
that's very flattering to me to like be able to share a stage with them and, and, you know, to get that sort of invaluable education of just watching them not only perform, but like also be growing and like watching like how they're progressing and and getting better um, when they're already starting from like such a place of skill. Um, It kind of like gives me the tools I need to, to try and like improve my myself and my own like performances. And uh, yeah, I really admire them, like the other people in the community so much. Uh, and like I said, they're all such nice people too. Like, holy Moses, it's they're so welcoming and so lovely. And obviously like really funny. So just, you know, just awful people to hang out with. <laughs> like, um, you, were you in, embraced by the scene, like from the beginning, like you always yeah. felt that this way? Yeah, I I really, really did. Yeah. Like my, my very first show, um, Kyle Kniff, who's like just the loveliest guy in the world. Um, he came up to me and was like, Hey, I have a show. Would you like to perform on it? And another, um, guy, Norm Shaw was like, Hey, you did really good. I can't believe that was your first time. Like be on my radio show. And, you know, and then people just kind of kept reaching out and, I had people that were introducing me to friends of theirs that ran shows and and stuff like that. And, you know, just everyone instantly so supportive, so welcoming, so encouraging. Um, So yeah, it was, it was really immediate, like how, how fast I felt um, I was like welcomed into, into the scene. And then do you think that kind of attributed to you like falling in love with this and then keep doing it like if say your first show you felt like you weren't as welcome in the scene do you think you would have like kept at it or oh yeah that's that's such a good question um you know what yeah I I would give a lot of credit to how the other um to how the other comics treat new comics um in terms of like what keeps people coming back to shows uh because I mean like when when you're being encouraged like that and you're being supported and you're being constantly lifted up and given opportunities and and you know when other people are making it very obvious that they want you to succeed it makes you feel like they see something in you and when you feel like other people can see in you what you had always hoped was there um yeah, it, I think it really can like help you want to pursue that like even more. And I mean, hopefully I, if, if I hadn't been treated like that, I, I still would have pursued it. But um, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I probably wouldn't have gone after it with as much comfortability or as much enthusiasm um, because, you know, I, I love walking into shows and, and like seeing all the comics that are there because I really like them all as people and, and I know that they're going to be lovely and and nice and all that different stuff and I think that helps too because whenever you're cracking into a new area of something that already has you know like a very established group of individuals like most of which are probably like friends with each other um, I, I think it, it could potentially be like a little intimidating. Um, I think I'm like maybe missing the part of my brain <laughs> where I get that like sort of like social anxiety. Uh, but I, I like, it, it definitely helped. Um, that encouragement really, really helped. And I think, yeah, completely contributed to, to how much I like doing it. And, you know, for other comics that maybe you're a little bit nervous about it, 
you know, now I, as someone that's been doing it for a little bit longer and that sort of has like a handle on it, um, I get encouraged by some of the uh, more established comics to, you know, interact with like people that are just entering the scene now and kind of like help them because it's, it's exactly where I was, you know, nine, eight or nine months ago or whatever it was. Uh, so that's like very flattering too, to kind of be like sort of, uh, unofficially like tasked with helping, um, newer comics, like feel comfortable and, and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, um, yeah, huge, huge, huge contributor to, I think why I've, I've stuck with it in such an aggressive way. It, it seems that you, uh, feed off positive energy a lot, but how are you with negative energy? Like, not maybe you, I mean, hopefully you haven't experienced much, <laughs> but if, like, say you heard someone not liking your set or whatever, would that make you want to, like, prove them wrong? Or would that make you want to, like, succumb to these negative thoughts? Oh, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, uh, I've always... I definitely am, am a, a proponent of like, listen, listen to your fans, not your haters. Right. And right. Um, that's, I mean, and, and that's not to say you shouldn't take like constructive criticism and education from people that know better than you uh, and that are trying to help you get better yourself. But I think that uh, I personally, I mean, like I sort of like briefly alluded to this before, I don't really care what people think about me. And um you know, if someone wanted to like tell me that they didn't think I was funny or that I should quit or whatever, I, if anything, it would probably motivate me. Like you said, because I'd be like, okay, like watch me work and succeed at this thing that you don't think I can do. <laughs> and, right. um, but <laughs> if it, if it didn't motivate me, the worst it would do would be to not affect me at all. Cause like, I, I wouldn't want to like lose sleep over someone that's not worth my time. Right. And right. I mean, one really big thing that's like started happening, like with some like reels or whatever that have like been getting a little uh, bit more views or my Instagram page being stumbled across a little bit more is uh, like internet trolls that like post like just very insulting or degrading or um, just like uh, overly critical stuff like on my reels you know stuff like oh this is why people say women aren't funny or you know just just nonsense like that and you know it's it, I think it's something that'll happen like more and more the more your content is like getting viewed and and the bigger anyone's getting um I think maybe sometimes like women have to deal with it like a little bit more yeah um, but uh it's it's not something that is uh, like affected me in a negative way like if anything I I screenshot them and send it to my friends and I'm like look I've made it I've got haters <laughs> yeah I mean those people are like clearly idiots but they're probably just copy and pasting that on yeah. every yeah. female comedian's reels like for Seriously. whatever whatever their reasoning is that that's still annoying though that that's horrible um yeah. Uh, I I feel bad because I know from the the brief research I did that you you put together a a show tomorrow night right yeah. and this this episode is is gonna come out next week so I wish <laughs> I wish we could like promote it with the release of this but I would still I'm just curious to hear about it 
And I think people listening are going to look into you and it's never bad for them to yeah do some back research on a good cause. But would you mind like briefly explaining the show and, and the reasoning behind it, please? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I when I when I first started, you know, I there I think that like right now and I mean, probably like through all of human history, there's always been horrific things happening all over the place uh but when I started um when I started comedy and this like also plays to like just how lovely and welcoming and amazingly talented everyone in the scene is but uh it was sort of this thing that popped into my head and I think about this a lot like I'm always trying really hard to like do good things you know which I'm sure everybody is and I sort of saw an opportunity to um help with the Ukraine thing. So I, I initially had done this show to try and raise money for the Red Cross effort in Ukraine. And, you know, I, I kind of oversimplified things in my head. I'm like, Oh, it won't be too hard. I'll get like a couple comics and that are kind of like willing to, to donate their incredibly valuable time. And I'll see if a venue will host us for free and blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, I was hoping that we would raise maybe like 200 300 bucks and it I think it ended up being like almost 1800 dollars or something like that that we raised and you know I I ended up working with rec room um and they were incredible you know they donated their theater which which normally I think has something like like a 700 rental fee and they gave it to us for free and this show was really really fun and you know people were so generous and they were donating so much and I you know, and that was my first ever show that I had ever tried to host or run or anything myself. And it was just this massive success, like 100% because of all these other people that were willing to kind of help me like the venue, like the comics, like my friends running the door and promoting and selling tickets and, and things like that. And so that was in April, I believe of this year. And so I thought, I, I thought if that went that well, and I, and I enjoyed doing it because it was like, sorry, someone's like ringing my doorbell, but, and I enjoyed doing it um, because I was like passionate about wanting to like do something to help people. Maybe I should do it again and like try it for, um, you know, a different cause because there are so many people suffering. And then I started thinking maybe I could make it sort of like a regular thing that I do every few months, um, host like a a charity show for, for different things that are ongoing. Um, and so, you know, the conflict in Palestine between Palestine and the, and the Israeli government is something that's obviously been raging on forever. And I think that, a few months ago, it was like very, very much at like the forefront of, of things like social media and, 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 you know, current events and news and stuff. But I, I just haven't really been seeing that. I'm just going to go grab the door. I'll be right back. <laughs> Hello. Um, yeah, sorry. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was just like this, this thing that I was starting to notice kind of like falling off the radar a little bit. And I mean, I think that especially in this, in this day and age, like, uh, it, it, it's becoming like a very um, fragile issue to be um, critical of, of Israel. And so obviously it's, it's the Israeli government and certainly not the Jewish people that, that this issue is sort of like, um, m- you know, making a critique of, but uh, yeah. it's uh, yeah. Like, and uh, you know, these, these people in Palestine, like they're suffering so much. And I think that when, when the, all the Ukraine stuff was going on, it was a, uh, 
it was a little bit more at the forefront because we do have such a, such a large Ukrainian population here and that and that was great and, and that's an issue that deserves a lot of attention and it deserves a lot of um like like funding and, and charity work and all that kind of stuff but i think that when there's something happening in in a country like palestine that maybe has like a lower population um in in canada or north america it's a little bit easier to dissociate from it especially because it is like such an ongoing issue and uh and it's it's a it's a crushing issue too it's, it's devastating to think about and and it's hard to think about so i think when i was like choosing my cause it was something that i kind of wanted to like bring back into the light even though you know it's just some it's a very small silly comedy show uh but um i, I just wanted to do something and uh, I, so that's kind of like why I decided to to make like the cause for this particular fundraiser, um, the Red Cross effort in Palestine, who's, you know, bringing like food, water, medical supplies, um, medical treatment, that kind of thing over there. And because uh, I, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that they maybe are getting like the same level of attention. Um, but yeah, just pretty much, pretty much my, my charity comedy shows are, are just me taking like the very <laughs> low level of skill that I have in something, but just trying to like do something good with it. And, and, you know, being lucky enough to know all these, these really amazing comics um, that are, you know, like I said, their time is so valuable and to like see them believe in, in this like charitable cause enough to, to donate that valuable time in an effort to, uh, to raise money for it is um, I think something that like really needs to be recognized as well. Like there, I, I mean, I, I couldn't do it without all these people willing to, uh, to, you know, perform for, for the cause. It's, it's amazing. And I always feel like if, if more people just did something small to help out a cause like that, there'd be a lot less, causes that needed <laughs> yeah. help so that that's incredible um i i really i'm in, impressed by all of your schooling what little <laughs> i know about it so i think it would be interesting if everyone else knew exactly uh what accolades have impressed me so <laughs> if you don't mind can you just no. list off all the degrees you have <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, I love listening because it makes me sound so much smarter than I am. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, I, I got my first degree. I got a bachelor of sciences in um, biological sciences, and I specialized in genetics, cell and developmental biology. So it was essentially like a biological sciences degree um, with a major in molecular, uh, in molecular bio. So, you know, tiny stuff. Right. And uh I, I love that degree very much. Um, I learned a lot. I think that that degree uh, really sort of gave me the footing that I, I needed to to be a good scientist. Um, because I, I think like what's interesting about getting ed educated in the sciences is you're not just learning knowledge, you're also being trained in a way of thinking. And that way of thinking is... Um, really, really, really ingrained in you to make sure that when you're doing like your research or you're making claims or you're looking into claims, you know how to how to kind of do those like critical evaluations. And that's an invaluable skill. Uh, so I that was my first degree. And, um, you know, I, I graduated with that. I kind of took a year off. Um, and then I was sort of thinking about like what I wanted my career to be. And just like 
looking at a the state of the world and like a lot of the issues going on and and sort of getting to know myself a little bit more i kind of came to the conclusion that i didn't really want to um spend my career in a lab working with microbiology uh and i even though i i really loved it it's not necessarily something that i excelled at supernaturally so i had to work very hard in my degree to do to do well so i kind of um took like what I was passionate about. Like I'm, I'm very, very, uh, big into environmentalism and, you know, like I've certainly like recognized the realities and the dangers and the devastations of like climate change and what's going on with the oceans and the forests and all that. And so I thought, all right, well, what can I do to, you know, try and like help remedy that problem while still, um, being involved in, in scientific work. So I, and one, one and a half months away from getting my second degree, which is a Bachelor of Arts in Environmental Studies. And that is sort of like interdisciplinary, it's sort of like half ecology and biology and half the humanity side of environmentalism, which is really, really, really cool and important because, you know, it helps you look at, you know, like the political science and the economics and the sociology and the psychology of environmentalism instead of just the science part of it, which I think helps you um, kind of deepen your understanding of those issues. And uh, so I'll be done that degree at the end of this term. And then in 2024, I'm going to Australia to complete a master's in marine biology. Does like comedy ever get in the way of any of this or vice versa? <laughs> um, yeah, I, to be honest, like, yeah, a little bit, you know, like, um, and that's, that's mostly just my own lack of self-control. Like I would much rather write jokes than, you know, research this incredibly depressing stuff. Like when you're getting an environmental studies degree, you are certainly prone to a little bit of depression because my word is it bleak. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah. and I mean, like it's, it's fun going to shows and it's fun performing and I love all the people in the scene. So it, it can be like, very tempting to, you know, like kind of blow off um, school to like go and do a show. And that that's definitely like something that I have to work on a little bit um, and like prioritize what needs to be prioritized in the moment. But uh, I've, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good at juggling. Um, you know, I've been in school for such a long time and I have such wild and rampantly running ADHD that I've sort of been forced to learn how, <laughs> how to properly manage my time. Um, so it can, in a very minor sense, yeah, it can sort of like get in the way on occasion, but um, not, not in any like really detrimental way. And I think that because I have that outlet, that I have something to do that makes me so happy and that I enjoy doing so much, it kind of like helps with the stress and the pressure of school. And then, you know, indirectly it makes me do better in school because I'm I have something going on in my life that I can kind of balance out the seriousness of school with like the, the goofiness and the happiness that comes from doing comedy that's very cool yeah that that's incredible actually that you like found a way to have it kind of be a whole like <laughs> reciprocal process like yeah. I, it, it sounds like way way too many things to take on at once but <laughs> it sounds sounds like you've figured it all out 
from the little I've heard about climate stuff recently, like bleak is kind of an yeah. understatement. It's like it's yeah. terrifying to hear kind mm-hmm. of the reality of, of what how bad we've let it get and like kind yeah. of what we have to you uh, yeah, to like attempt to rectify it. Yeah, and I mean the I it's I think that the most depressing thing about my degree is not only like the knowledge of of how bad like the science the like the empirically derived sciences and and like what it's saying but what's even more depressing than that is um like so many people's reactions to it and like the the cognitive dissonance and and the the lack of concern or whether it's intentional or not um and the and the denial and you know the importance placed on things like like the economy and things like that where you you I just like have these thoughts where I'm like do you know if the air isn't breathable the economy won't matter and like it's like it's like the hierarchy of needs right like you have to you have to eat before you can you know, buy a nice car, right? Like there's certain things that like survival has to come before, before luxury. And, you know, in terms of like the planet, we have to look at like, what's going to allow the only home that we have to survive before we can start looking into like, like, you know, different like humanistic aspects of it. And, um, I mean, I, I, and I'm not, I'm not stupid, right? Like, I, I understand that it's a very gradual paradigm shift that needs to happen. It's not like we can turn the taps off overnight. That's obviously an established truth, but um, it's, it's, it's just like, it's a very disheartening to see like how much pushback there is to like try and engage in those reparative measures and, and try and move away from these harmful industries and, and things like that, especially when, you know, they're, there are options that, you know, I, I think that and mechanisms that could be put in place to make sure that there's not this great deal of suffering that comes with moving away from those industries, um, you know, like job diversity and, and different sorts of education and stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's just uh, I, I always like say that kind of the theme is my of my degree is like the planet's on fire and nobody cares. <laughs> like, yeah. And then you have like all these like really lovely, amazing people, scientists, advocates, just screaming at the top of their lungs. Like, this is not something that we are outside of, you know, like climate change is not something that, that the human race is exterior to. We're not exempt from nature. We're an implicit part of it. And, you know, by allowing this planetary degradation to continue, like we're only harming ourselves, you know? Yeah, of course. Well, do you think you're going to be the only person with a master's degree in marine biology that's also a stand-up comedian? (laughs) Like, have have you ever heard of that combination? I haven't, no. Um, (laughs) It's it's an interesting combination of hats to be wearing, for sure. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't know. And, you know, sometimes I get people being like, oh, well, like, if, if stand-up really took off, would you kind of like abandon your, your academic goals and whatever? And I mean, I, I'm not sure that I would just because I am so, so, so very passionate about, um, you know, the stuff that I, that I'm studying. Like, I really do want to 
do something significant to, you know, like help our oceans. I would love to be involved in like policy creation for like, you know, the establishment of conservation areas. Uh, like my ultimate goal is to study how human activity is affecting large marine mammals like whales and, and dolphins and seals and sea lions and stuff. And um, hopefully be involved in like some sort of like international or, or you know, Canadian legislation that helps protect them because they're so integral to so many ecosystems. Um, but, you know, I, I really like comedy and I mean, I don't want to get like too ahead of myself or anything like that, but, uh, I would, I would hope that I'll, I'll be able to somehow do both. Um, and I, I honestly don't know if I would like put my self in a position where I would choose. I I'm the kind of person that's like, I'll just sleep less and do it all. <laughs> yeah. It seems like you, you've been able to do both up until now. <laughs> yeah. And then like, what do you think is easier working or going to school for it? Like once you have the degree and then you're doing it as a job, do you think that's more time consuming? That's such a good question. Um, I mean, I, I hope it will be maybe a little bit less stressful um, because I mean, like when you're doing school, like you don't just have the the pressure of the work that you have to do. You also have the pressure of um, like the grades and, and, you know, doing like multiple different classes and multiple different areas and whatever. And I mean, hopefully once I kind of get into the workforce, it'll be um, like for this specific area, it'll be a little bit more like focused and I'll be doing exactly what I want to be doing as opposed to, you know, having to take like certain classes that you have to take for your degree, but you know, you, you don't really want to be taking them. They're, they're just something that you need for like your core requirements. Um, so I, I think like just based on the, the focus of the work that I would be doing, um, I would hope that it, that would kind of make it like a little bit easier than school. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I, I, I want to do research and that's, you know, I, that's, that's a, a lot of work goes into that. And um, it's obviously very time consuming and doing this sort of research that I would want to be doing, um, you know, you, you, you really got to do it for the love of it um, because it's, it's going to be a massive, massive part of your life. Like doing that sort of thing isn't. I don't think it's necessarily something that, you know, you kind of like you clock out at five and you go home. It's, it's a very like consuming area, um, for a profession. Um, so I think like both of them have their areas of ease and both of them would have like separate challenges. Uh, but I think maybe I would enjoy the work more just because I'll be hopefully doing exactly what I want to be doing and learning like through, through research, uh, the things that I want to be learning about and putting that knowledge like towards, uh, helping the planet heal. And how long, uh, will you be in Australia? Yeah, uh, two years. It's only a two year master's. Yeah. On top of like how many years you've been in school since you were 19, <laughs> you said? Yeah. Or um, I guess your whole life, but secondary <laughs> since 19. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't even like remember exactly how my academic journey went, but um, I did like a few years of um, like open studies and then, you know, I got into my degree and then I, I got like really, really 
depressed for a while and I almost got kicked out of my degree and like luckily because my grades like dipped so low um and luckily I had these amazing professors on my side that like really fought for me and and you know kind of were were appealing to the people making the decision being like you know that she's not this kind of student like we know she's a lot better than this she's just kind of going through like a hard time and uh luckily they didn't kick me out so um but that my first degree took like uh like longer than it was supposed to and then you know I took that year off and then I and then I went back and um so yeah I've been in school for like a long time uh, like a bit of a career student but <laughs> I'm a, a unparalleled thirst for knowledge I guess <laughs> no, I'm sure that helps a ton right like it'd be hard to keep it up for this long if you didn't have that passion yeah <laughs> like general yeah. interest which I guess like kind of goes back to what I was saying you should always be like a, a fan of, of what you're doing yeah. so if a fan of comedy you like genuinely care about the climate and stuff yeah yeah i sure do <laughs> uh what do you have any any shows upcoming aside from this one tomorrow like are there any after next week that we can promote yeah um i'm just off the top of my head uh I, I have a feature spot at Fargo's actually on November 20th. And that's really exciting because that's my first feature spot. Um, and, you know, that's that's a, a really big moment for, for a new comic to, to kind of get that. So I'm really, really excited about that. So that's Fargo's Capilano. Uh, the show starts at 8 p.m. I will be the feature comic on the 20th, but they do that show every single Sunday. And like, it's a great show and, uh, you know, really, really amazing yeah. comics um, host and run it. So it's, it's really fun. But uh, then I have, I have a show at the Rough Cut Room on the 14th. And that one is hosted and run by Noah Broder, who's stupid funny. He's very talented. And uh, that's at River City Revival House. And then I have uh, a show at Gracie's um, in St. Albert, which is a really cool little venue. Um, she's like an artist and she bought that bar and like decorated it with all of her art. And it's, it's like stepping through the looking glass. It's the coolest bar I have ever been in in my life. And she's really nice and really talented. So there's that show on the 25th. And then I'm at Black Bar on the 29th. <laughs> and that's just for right now. <laughs> Where is that? Kind of like a boring blanket question, but <laughs> what's your favorite venue to perform at? In in Edmonton, Ooh, that's that's a great question. Um, oh, that you know, it's 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 really really hard to choose. Um, because there's there's so many different things about each venue that I really like. Uh, I, I I guess I would say like in general, um, I like performing at like actual comedy clubs and and actual comedy shows. Uh, maybe not necessarily because they're better shows, but just because like the audience sort of knows what they're there for, like they're there for the comedy show. So it's, yeah. it's, they have better reactions um, a lot of the time. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, that's, a, oh, that's such a hard question. I honestly, I don't think I can pick. I, they, they all like bring different things to the table and they help you grow in different ways. And uh, you know, at, at every single show that I go to, I get to hang out with people I really like. So <laughs> yeah, it's hard to pick just one. Yeah, I uh, I asked Bobby and he said the the underdog. Yeah, he, yeah. He said there's something about that venue that it's like really magical. 
It, yeah, it really is. And you know what? I'm, I'm reluctant to, to pick one, but I, I would say that if I, if I did have to pick one underdog would for sure be a contender. It's, it's a great, it's a great venue with a great audience. Is it hard to get a set there? Do they like run open mics as well? Um, it's, uh, they've started reaching out to me like a little bit more recently. I think, um, now that I'm maybe a, a little bit more established, um, and like, they know that I don't suck. I think you get offered like a little bit more once you kind of like get, get the reputation out of there. Yeah. I mean, like not bad. Um, but, uh, there, I mean, they do do draw spots there. So draw spots are really cool because like you go and if you're not like booked on the show, you, you know, you write down your name on a piece of paper and then they will draw out and whoever gets, um, whoever gets on the draw spot gets to perform that night. And that's really fun because it adds like a little bit of excitement to the comics day. <laughs> and can, can anyone like enter the draw or is it I, like I mean, you have I to have so. somewhat of an established name to put your name in the hat? I actually, uh, you know what? I don't know. Um, I would, uh, I would make an educated guess that it could just be anyone. Uh, but I, I have never asked. That's a, that's a great question. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just curious. I'm not, not attempting to get into <laughs> myself. Although I oh, think you could. you're funny. <laughs> I've, I've, sort of thought of it in not a serious way at all but I mean like you were saying how you felt like you were funny kind of I've I've thought I've said a couple of funny things in my life (laughs) I don't know know, all it takes man (laughs) I feel uh I I try to ask everyone that I have on the show if they have any recommendations for people like within reason that I'd reach out to and try to do an episode with. And since I started asking people, I have not to brag, but a hundred percent success rate. So whoever someone has recommended, I reach out to them, say, I just talked to so-and-so they recommended you and they'll do it. So who's one person that you'd recommend and then hopefully I can keep my 100% success rate um ooh that's okay i'm going to give you i'm going to give you two i'm going to give you two names um steven darnell is super funny very very dynamic very encouraging um great stage presence. Uh, he does a lot of shows like all over, like hosting, um, doing stand up, kind of like running them. Um, so he's great because he's, he literally is like all over the place in the scene and he's, uh, um, was he the host good. when, when I saw you, was he, hosting? no, that was, um, that was Adam. That was Adam with the glasses. Yeah. Adam's Adam's also really, really good. He's great. Um, but yeah, no, Steven's at, Steven is like six foot two or something like something huge like that. He looks like sexy Jesus. <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, he's, and he's really nice and he's just like a, a great person to, to talk to. And then I would say, uh, another guy that I'm, I'm pretty good friends with is Jim Kerr. Have you ever heard of him? The, uh, the name is very familiar. 
He must have been like one of the people I found when I was trying to like expand my yeah. knowledge of, of local comedians. Yeah, definitely. He he would have popped up. Um, he's kind of blowing up too. He ran a, a show for a year at Station on Jasper. That was a great show. Um, he's a really, really good host. He just like quit that show actually, or it just ended. So um I, I think he's gonna try and sort of become like go like on the road a little bit more and and um you know he's he's not like super new but i mean for i would say like he's very impressive for like how long he's been doing it but uh yeah he's really really funny too like super nice both of them super nice guys like really easy to talk to um i think they would both make a very entertaining podcast uh just because they're both like super silly and um very good conversationalists and uh Jim's like interesting as well because he he's a musician too he does like rap and uh he owns um a record label that produces comedy albums so that's kind of an interesting thing as well kind of like a different side of of comedy um doing like production instead of just performing yeah that sounds amazing you know what though like when you're saying these guys are silly, I I guess I only have you and Bobby to compare this to, but when I had Bobby and then like leading up to having you, I thought this is going to be a lot of fun. Like these people are hilarious. We're just going to like be stupid and like, <laughs> tell, like be silly for the whole thing. And then I found out like my, like not, yeah, neither of you are like overly serious. But I feel like you and Bobby both gave me like great back and forth interviews that were funny, but definitely yeah. more more insightful than what you would think like a typical like comedian podcast would be. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. <laughs> I wonder if I'm just setting myself up, like trying to like get in with these comedians that I'm gonna like keep wanting this hilarious. <laughs> Podcast, and then it's all like just like a nice conversation meaningful like, <laughs> getting a little existential on your it's, i think it's it's better well i don't know if it's better or worse but it's funny like when i started to do the show i didn't really realize that now like i think you'll be the 21st episode and i've learned that I think what like what the strength of the show is, is to get these like unique kind of insightful stories from people who might not have like been on a ton of podcasts, but then they can like show a really good glimpse into kind of behind the scenes of what's going on like without like fully exposing any secrets or any like (laughs) I mean you just like told I learned so much just from our chat about how local comedy works and it was all like positive you know like we didn't say anything like I mean people can say whatever they want but yeah there was no like negativity it's just like a really like a quick crash course in what goes <laughs> on, like and it it kind of like shows it all in in really good light. So like you're saying, you take inspiration from like hearing that maybe like people were inspired by your set to try it out themselves. 
I think yeah. it'd, it'll be really cool if, if I have any listeners that are like, we've been wanting to do, do it. it. And now <laughs> like we've heard from this person who's had a great experience in it, who's also like a genius scientist. <laughs> as well as oh, comedian. well, like, go on. <laughs> it's uh, it, it like it, it's cool and it's exactly the type of stories that I want to like be able to let people tell when they come on here so yeah I, I mean thank you for the opportunity to let me talk about comedy and and uh ecology those are like two of my favorite things in the world so uh, yeah that's that was a very uh bit of a gift of an hour and a half you know yeah well I mean, thank, thank you. I I think it's funny, like, whenever people kind of ask, like, my plan for this whole thing, all it really is is to, like, have people from, you know, kind of all different walks of life to tell exactly, like, a, like an hour and a half kind of backstory mm-hmm. about what they're doing. And I feel I've, like, I've really been lucky because I... I know some of the people like better when they come on here. So most people mm-hmm. are like you, like maybe I've met them once, but then I like think like this, this would be a good episode. Like I just have a feeling like this person is going to provide like the talk that I kind of oh. like am seeing in my like mind's eye or whatever. And then, yeah, this was exactly what, I wanted it to be. Oh my gosh! Well, that's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, I aim to please. <laughs> I I had a lot of fun. I learned a lot. Hopefully, you enjoyed it as well. I really did. Yeah. Well, um, I uh, yeah, like I was saying, uh, great to hear about the show tomorrow. Sorry, like the timing of the release. <laughs> well, we can't. Fully okay. but you know it's great that you're kind of alluding to becoming like a series of of yeah. charity shows because then talking giving the the outline will ju- it's kind of like promoting the next one so yeah that's true and I, I and yeah i i would really like to to keep doing to keep doing these shows um because you know i don't I don't, I, I'm like such a privileged person and, you know, like sitting here completely safe and completely warm and, you know, not having to worry about like my, the, my bodily integrity or, you know, like my family's safety and stuff like that. Uh, I think, I, just, I don't know. I feel like maybe some sort of like responsibility to like use that privilege to yeah. help, even if it isn't just like some minuscule way. Um, so I'm, I'm very lucky that I, that I have the opportunity to, to, you know, run shows like that. And that there's so many people that are, you know, helping me and, and supporting me with it as well, that are so talented and, and good hearted and stuff like that. Yeah, no, it's great. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if you believe in karma, but I'm sure it'll come back to you in, in some way as well. So. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. If someone, uh, if any listeners out there want to like buy me a donkey or something, that'd be, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Hopefully <laughs> you never know. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah. You never know. 
but yeah, th- thank you all. Uh, I'll let you. I'm sure you have homework or something <laughs> for all of your many, many school tasks. But uh, yeah, I would. I would love to obviously keep in touch outside of this. Absolutely. And, and yeah. good luck with everything. It. Uh, it sounds like you got it figured out for the most part. But that's. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, buddy. Yeah, thank you for for giving some insight to all your stuff and and hopefully this makes someone try out comedy and hopefully someone buys you a donkey. <laughs> the the real goal of me coming on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We could all be so lucky. We have a hidden agenda. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. No problem. Thank enjoy, you. Enjoy the rest of your night and uh, good luck tomorrow. Thank you. See you later. See ya.